greet you this morning in the name of Jesus. I guess my thoughts were still back in the Sunday school lesson. I was thinking about my former employer, uh, along with the Hobby Lobby owners. Stores are involved with the uh, federal government over the Obamacare Health Care Act. Something they feel is an infringement on their conscience uh, about providing contraceptive that would, in essence, be an abortion uh, pill. And uh, I guess I was thinking how that all relates. You know, I think we have a place, there is a place to appeal. Um, I'm not sure how that all stacks up. I, I watched a video clip of uh, CEO of Conestoga Wood, Anthony Hahn, giving his testimony outside the Supreme Court. Uh, plain suit on, and uh, he was just a little boy when I worked there. But he's grown up since, but uh, so I'm not sure how that all stacks together. <coughs> uh, good percentage of the employees, probably there in the home home plant, would be Mennonite of some degree or another. There's four other plants throughout the country that probably would be the setting would be different, but. Uh, So we face decisions in life. How do we how do we answer and how do we react? Uh, you know, if we anticipate something, we can. Uh, if we expect something, we can or anticipate it. We can somewhat prepare ourselves, or we think we can. And sometimes it's different than what we anticipated, and so we get caught. But uh, the, com- the the confidence we have as Christians is that our God knows what we're going to face, and I think He can help us through those times that we're totally unprepared. And I think that needs to be our, our recourse to uh, not try to wing it in our own strength, but to rely on the Lord Jesus Christ. I was encouraged. Uh, anybody get here this morning without crossing a bridge? You didn't? Okay. Well, a bridge. I'm talking about a, a bridge. Uh, title of my meditation this morning is the, the Bridge of Calvary. This is a visual depiction of my imagination of my sermon this morning. I don't know if you could get here without crossing a bridge. I already thought you could, and you could if you want to be through the water, I guess. Uh, the only thing from the south, could you access? Church here without crossing a bridge came up from the gravel. I know north, east, west, you're going to have to cross a bridge. First of all, there's two right here on two that either are not very far apart. But uh, You could if you come up the gravel? Okay. Um, actually, this involves one of my earliest recollections of going to church. Uh, we went to the Red Run Mennonite Church, and that actually, we crossed uh, a covered bridge every Sunday morning to go to church uh, in northern Lancaster County. Uh, that bridge, of course, has been uh, put out of service. But uh, that was part of our ritual. We crossed the uh, Red Run Covered Bridge by the grist mill there. And uh, still is a part of my worship routine, crossing a bridge. It's a good reminder, as I think. Can you see that over there? Sorry. I thought of some of the other bridges I've crossed in my lifetime. Some of the more notable ones, uh, I've crossed the Golden Gate Bridge just once, and that was kind of impressive. 
uh, I really didn't desire to go down into the traffic in the San Francisco and Oakland area there. Uh, our children, Delvin was driving, I think, at the time. He said, well, you don't mind. So I rode along. It was on one of our trips uh, west. And uh, so it was kind of impressive. I, mean, I was glad we did it after we did it. But, uh, uh, you know, that's a, that's a bridge that's you know worth seeing. Uh, estimated cost, I think, was around $35 million to build at that time. I don't know what it cost today. That was back in 1930, I think. 1930-1935. Uh, thought about the Mackinac Bridge between the Upper Peninsula and Michigan. Yeah, that's an impressive bridge, too. Crossed that several times. Also thought about the uh, infamous I-35 Bridge in Minneapolis. Uh, crossed that one before it fell down. Thankfully, it wasn't on it when it went down. I've crossed the new one, I think, uh, at least maybe once. But, uh, you know, those bridges are there for a purpose. Um, they didn't construct them bridges simply because of uh, the desire to entertain or spend money. Uh, you think of $35 million, you know, that's quite a, a sum. I don't know, again, I don't know what it would cost today. But uh, those bridges fill a need in the commuting uh, needs of the population. Typically, it's a, you know, the purpose, it's a, either a chasm or a river or a lake or even perhaps another road and provides access, passage access. Um, there are other important factors that go into bridges. You know, they're, they're designing the actual material construction cost of the Golden Gate Bridge was only like, I think, 20, uh, was it 25,000, 25 million? And uh, the rest was design costs and, uh, you know, architectural drafting and permitting and stuff like that. Uh, you know, that's phenomenal. Uh, you stop and think about that. So those are other considerations that, you know, that are given careful attention. You think of the ill-fated I-35 bridge. You know, I, I think they finally pinned it down on some bad gussets or something that actually led to its uh, demence and uh, falling down. I was thinking about our experience today, especially this uh, Easter season. You know, it gets to be a little difficult sometimes. You look at Sunday school lessons and you just say, what are you going to preach about? Uh, you know, you try and stay between the resurrection and, and the trial where there's, uh, we have the Calvary. Uh, and that's what I want to look about this morning, the Bridge of Calvary. And again, that's just my visual imagination of uh, we have the uh, th uh, Jesus crucified in the middle and uh, the songwriter said it very well. He said, oh, the mighty gulf that God did span through Calvary. And on the one side we have the cross of rebellion and rejection. And on the other side we have the repentant thief, the cross symbolizing repentance. And you think of how those two different uh, responses are played out over and over again today yet, how many years later. And how close, you know, Jesus promised as that, as that malefactor... Uh, I, I did look in the scriptures. I think one place it refers to them as malefactors, and uh, the other place it says thieves, um, and uh, may just say two others, I'm not sure, in one of the other gospels. But uh, they very, very likely, we sometimes think of them as just, when we think of thieves, we think of, of petty thieves. These, these men were probably not petty thieves. It says they were probably accused of the same uh, crimes that Jesus was accused of. That of. Uh, of, uh, of raising uh, insurrection and uh, rebelling against the government. So these were these were men that were guilty. Well, the one admitted his guilt and repented and, and asked Jesus for pardon. And uh, symbolically, uh, the homeland of the Christian and the earthbound 
uh, the earth uh, bound bondage of sin and Satan. <clears throat> the garments of praise sing a song. Jesus built a bridge with three nails and two boards. And again, that's just man's imagination. But I, I was impressed with that expression. You think of the gulf that Christ Jesus spanned, what God spanned, with that sacrifice that was made on Calvary. Turn in your Bibles this morning to Romans chapter 1. I'd like to begin reading at verse 1 through verse 7. I'd like to think, first of all, about the need for Calvary, the bridge of Calvary, how much we need it. You know, I mentioned in, in, in real life, uh, you ever hear of a bridge that went to nowhere? No, there's, there's, there's a purpose in it. And uh, so I want to look at the, the spiritual implications of the bridge of Calvary and the need for it. First of all, Romans 1, verse 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for the obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom... Are ye also the called of Jesus Christ to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Looking back to uh, the need of the, the Calvary, notice it says, uh, verse 2, first of all, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated. You know, that's what happened here. He was... There was a separation took place back in the Garden of Eden when man uh, went his own way. And Paul says, now he has separated himself to be a part of the gospel, unto the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in verse 2 it says, which he had promised afore by his prophets. He's talking about that bridge of Calvary that God promised in the Holy Scriptures. So the prophets uh, saw the need of that bridge and prophesied of that coming and the fulfillment of that bridge being accomplished. Verse 3 talks about the physical uh, dimension of Jesus Christ so that he could come and supply a need. Uh, and that need had to be done as we, looked, as we talked about in our Sunday school class this morning. You know, the physical part of Jesus Christ, uh, and again, we, I fully cannot comprehend that. How could God, who is God, and, and uh, you know, allow his son to be crucified but, you know, the, the blood had to be shed. And uh, we see that. It says, Concerning his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. So he truly was mankind. And he had blood to shed for the remission of, of mankind's forgiveness and for, for the remission of their sin. Verse 4 talks about the spiritual dimension of Jesus Christ, that sacrifice. And that's what gives it its perfection. And declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. It wasn't just his dying on Calvary that secured it. That was part of, the, part of the plan. But it was then again his resurrection. Power over death that uh, secured that bridge and anchored it throughout time. We don't ever have to worry about the gussets of that cross rusting through and breaking down and it deteriorating and becoming... Unfunctional, because that cross will stand throughout eternity. Matter of fact, one of the other songwriters talks about the cross still stands today for you and I, all mankind, to pass over that bridge. 
And it brings us to verse 5. By whom we have received grace. God didn't have to build that bridge. It was the grace of God that provided that bridge for mankind. We have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations. Did you get out this morning when you crossed the bridges and check to see how structurally sound they were? I didn't. Anybody do that? No. We by faith, we, we, we just sit across them and hope they're there when we're done and to return home. How much more do we need to exhibit faith in the redemptive work of Jesus Christ on Calvary? It talks about that aspect. For obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom are ye also called of Jesus Christ. Receiving God's grace, appropriating it by crossing over and allowing him to work his will in our lives. Verse 7 talks about uh, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, again, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, I like the Paul's expressions there. He says, beloved of God. It was the love of God that built that bridge. It's the love of God that motivated God. It's the love of God that motivated Jesus Christ to build that bridge throughout the ages of time. And uh, the result, again, is the, the grace that we can appropriate in our lives and then experience peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, again, recognition to given, given recognition given to the Lord Jesus Christ for His part in the plan of redemption. I realize this is all very elementary, but yet it's it's so basic for us to understand, and we need to be reminded of it. Like Dennis said, we many times take some of this, some of these things for granted, but that bridge is there for us to uh, it's a, so that we can have that peace restored. We're separating ourselves from a sinful, fallen nature and crossing over that. Acknowledging our guilt and crossing over that bridge to uh, have peace with our Maker. I mentioned some of the uh, prophets there. Paul mentions about some of the prophets prophesying of that. And I just re quickly refer back to some of the Old Testament scriptures that talk about that. Ezekiel 22, uh, verse uh, 30. Ezekiel 22, verse 30. He said it this way, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. And I think that's prophetically speaking of, of, of someone to stand between and be an intercessory. Uh, Job also, Job chapter 9, verses 32 and 33. For he is not a man that man as I am that I should answer him, and we should come together in judgment. Neither is there any daysman. There refers to him as a daysman betwixt us, that he might lay his hand upon us both. Talks about Job's uh, inability to somewhat inter understand God's plan and purpose for his life. And it says he refers to neither is there any daysman betwixt us that might lay his hand upon himself and God, so that he could be understood. Romans, talking about the need of this bridge. Going back to the New Testament again. Romans chapter 6, very, very familiar verses. Romans 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through, notice that, through passing over that bridge, through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
death on this side and eternal life on this side. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. John chapter 8 verse 44. Jesus here speaking to the uh, Pharisees, I believe it is. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Uh, again, that's talking about what's on that far side there, rebellion and rejection. He's saying, ye are of your father the devil. They needed to repent and be brought across that bridge. Very, very sad, dark picture. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. Again, just keep in mind, we're talking about the need for this bridge of Calvary. Hebrews 3, verse 12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. talks about us having a, an evil heart of unbelief. And that's what happened after the fall of mankind. We had an evil heart of unbelief. Uh, and it passed on to all mankind, that evil heart of unbelief. Uh, and we need to have that corrected by repenting and crossing over that bridge of Calvary. Romans chapter 7 uh, verses 18 through 25. Crossing over that bridge we need, we're unable to cross in our own strength, and it's only because of what Christ has accomplished. Uh, Romans uh, chapter 7, beginning of verse 18. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but the sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. So it talks about the conflict that is there in our, in our experience. Again, our dependence on the Lord Jesus Christ to cross and the ability to cross over that bridge. Some negative things that it talks about there. It says uh, the evil. It talks about our, uh, the law of the mind bringing into captivity the law of sin and uh, death it mentions you know those are all things that take place over on that side of rebellion and rejection of uh, the cross of Jesus Christ Hebrews chapter 2 verse 15 jumping around here quite a bit and deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage and that's what I was talking about over on this side There's, it's some earthbound humankind who is subject to the law of bondage, to the law of sin, to the law of nature. And uh, we need deliverance through crossing over that 
that bridge. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3. Again, these are all verses that are talking about the need for uh, the bridge of Calvary. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Again, talking about our natural inclination of fulfilling the laws of the flesh on that side. When we repent and receive the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives, we cross over that bridge of Calvary, we're, we're homeward bound, and this is our homeland, the Christian's homeland on this side, and uh, we become a new creature in Christ Jesus. John 3 talks about the uh, fear of death there in Hebrews 2.15. I just wanted to talk a little bit about the fear of death. You know, that's a natural fear. In a certain sense, humanly speaking, we... Well, Mark mentioned that in his devotional this morning. He said, you know, uh, you know we face with, with, with death. You know, what's our, our natural inclination is to look for options out to, to avoid it. But, uh, you know, when there's principles involved, when there's right and wrong... Uh, you know, there, maybe those options aren't always available. We need to pray. There are, we need to, there are many who have paid uh, the, the price of their life for their principles, uh, uh, paid with their life for their principles and uh, for what they stood for. And we, do, we need to be willing to do that as well. John 3, verse 19. I'll read verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Uh, again, the natural inclination of mankind, because of their evil, because of their evil deeds, they love darkness. And that's what's over on the other side there. That's that darkness uh, in bondage, and to find deliverance from that bondage into the light of Jesus Christ. One more verse yet. Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, Ephesians 2 verse 12. That at that time you were without Christ. They haven't crossed over that bridge. They haven't accepted that acknowledgement of of uh, the salvation that is made available to Jesus Christ. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. Again, a very, very dark picture. Uh, having no hope without God in the world. What's man like without no hope? Why would we be this morning without the, the bridge of Calvary? What would we have? Well... That's the dark side. I like to talk about the advantages or blessings of crossing that bridge and turning your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. Uh, I want to read a number of verses there. Begin reading at verse 1. Actually, I'm going to read the entire chapter. Verse 1 through verse 39. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Think of, think of the contrasts of, of, uh, in comparison 
as I read through this chapter to the, to the negative things that we were held bondage by and what we're delivered from here in chapter 8 of Romans. Uh, talks about being made free from the law of sin and death. Verse 3, for, that, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. But the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, and neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. And that's what happens when we cross that bridge. The Spirit of God comes to dwell within us. We are made right with God. That separation, that gulf of sin has been taken. There's been a way provided for that gulf of sin to be spanned. And that's through the redemptive work of Jesus on Calvary. And if Christ, verse 10, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. Very simple. Christ is in me shouldn't be sin there but the spirit is life because of righteousness but it's the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you therefore brethren we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh for if we live after the flesh ye shall die but if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body ye shall live for as many as are led by the spirit of God they are the sons of God for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. And if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also glorify, we may also we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, and not willingly, but by reason of hope, who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of Jesus, into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Again, crossing over that bridge from bondage to the glorious liberty of as children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and traileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the, the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope. But, that, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for it? But if we hope for what... Pardon me, but if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for, as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we then say to those things, if God before us, who can be against us? If he that spared not his own Son, he didn't spare his own Son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? 
Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Well, that's quite a chapter. One of, the, one of my favorite chapters. <clears throat> I'd like to just briefly, no condemnation when you cross over that bridge. Freedom from the law of sin and death. There's life and peace. God's Spirit dwelling within us. The quickening of our mortal bodies. The promise of life. Uh, we become sons of God. Verse 17, we're heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. Uh, we suffer together perhaps, but we also would be glorified together. Uh, verse 21 talks about the glorious liberty of the children of Christ, of God. Redemption, verse 23, of our bodies. Verse 24 and 25 talk about hope. Uh, verse 26 and 27 talks about the promise of His Spirit making intercession for us, uh, serving as a mediator between us and God. Uh, verse 29 talks about us bearing the image of the Father. And that's one that we need to be reminded of. Do I bear the image of Christ? Do I bear the image of God in my actions, my attitudes? Um, if we're filled with His Spirit, we certainly ought to be. Verse 30 talks about being justified and glorified. Verse 31 talks about we're on the winning side. You cross over that bridge, you're on the winning side. You're on your way home. Verse 32 talks about Freely giving us all things. What is, what's all included in that? Freely giving us all things. Well, I believe it's all things that are necessary for our spiritual sustenance and well-being. Uh, some people would you know, get carried away with that and say it's anything you want. Well, it's not anything you want necessarily because I don't think everything I want would be good for me. And probably not for you either. But I believe it's giving us, he gave us his son, the best heaven had in building that bridge. You know, why would he withhold anything else that would be necessary for, necessary for our spiritual sustenance and well-being? We also have a representative in the court of heaven. Uh, Jesus Christ is there making intercession for us. Uh, verses 35 through 39 say there's absolutely nothing that can prevent you from crossing that bridge and experiencing all of the positive things that are talked about in Romans chapter 8. Absolutely nothing except sin. Sin is the only thing that will bar you unless you're willing to uh, repent and renounce uh, and seek repentance for your sins and cross over that bridge. That's the only thing that will bar you from crossing that bridge. I wanted to talk about some of the restrictions of the bridge. And you know, most bridges have placards posting uh, restrictions. Uh, some of them have height restrictions. Uh, truck drivers are usually particularly uh, concerned about them, uh, depending what their loads are. Um, Bridge of Calvary, I believe, has a height restriction. There's no room for a big eye to cross through. Eye needs to be broken. Uh, Roy Hessen, in his book, The Calvary Road, very aptly describes it. He says that eye needs to be humble and bend into a sea, symbolic of, of standing for Christ. That eye needs to be broken. I, talking about myself, my nature, my own inclinations, needs to be broken before I can cross over that Bridge of Calvary. Uh, it needs to be humbled and bend into a sea, which is symbolic of not I, but Christ be honored and glorified. 
There's a verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10. Always bearing, in, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also Jesus might be made manifest in our body. You think of the sacrifice that Jesus paid, the price he paid, and the writer here is telling us that we need to be reminded of that, always bearing in mind that sacrifice. And who was I that he was willing to die? Who am I? I need to be broken. I need to be humbled. Lord, bend that proud and stiff-necked eye. Help me to bow the head and die. Behold him on Calvary who bowed his head for me. Well, what about the weight restrictions? I'd like to refer to a, a verse in Matthew, familiar verse in Matthew chapter 11. We need to unload our burdens before we can cross the bridge of Calvary. Matthew 11, verse 28. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Christ is there at the, at the, at the uh, crossing of that bridge, ready to unload our baggage and burdens. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest under your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. No room for a lot of baggage and weight to cross over Calvary's bridge. Well, what about the width? Matthew chapter 7 talks about the narrow way. You know, it's a choice. There's two ways described there in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. We need to choose that narrow way. It's a narrow bridge. It's restrictive, but room enough for you and the Lord to walk side by side. Well, most bridges are costly. And a lot of bridges you end up paying toll to go across. The Bridge of Calvary, I'm glad to inform, informed you this morning, is free. I, uh, I read one of the verses where it said it's a gift. Jesus Christ provided. He footed the cost of it. We need to just simply surrender our wills to him to cross over. I also thought about the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 55, where he invites us to come freely. And I think that's symbolically speaking and looking ahead to the redemption that is going to be provided through crossing over that bridge of Calvary in Isaiah 55 verse 1 where he invites us to come and buy without price or money and uh, to find our sustenance. The bridge of Calvary this morning, it's a choice. Still, It was a choice. It stands throughout the ages of time and will be there as long as time stands. But we need to make that choice whether we will cross that bridge or not. God has given it for our blessing. And I trust that that would be our experience, that we would have crossed over and experienced and be homeward bound, uh, and someday we can rejoice with the designer of that bridge, the Lord Jesus Christ, in person.